Ayo ladies, ayo gentlemen, the fellas, the fellas, the fellas, week one, NFL, and I'm coming through with six. We got some big energy because the football season is here. Six picks for this week. We're doing the spreads. You can look at the over-unders if you want. I'm not doing no teasers. I'm not doing no parlays. I'm not against those things. If you like entertainment, if you like doing that stuff, as long as you're not betting your mortgage in your house on some parlays that you're obviously not going to win on in the long term, let's be honest here, between me and you. But if you like the entertainment, if you like the thrill that you might hit one, go for it. Do what you want with your own money. Be responsible if you can, right? But I'm going to give you six picks that I've placed so far this week for week one. It's all spreads. I got a lot of them at their opening line. So some of these lines might move. For the most part, they've moved by like a half a point. I'll point out where some have moved by more than that. I still like that side of the game. So either way, I still like these picks. You can feel free to tell them if you want. If you're just meeting me because it's week one, a lot of new people are finding my stuff. I cover daily fantasy sports. I cover fantasy sports. I do this stuff from a database perspective. I have models. I have databases. I have a bunch of stuff. So very analytical. I do put human context into it because you always have to, of course, and just be a guy with no bland personality or anything like that. Right now, I'm an Italian from New York. We got to have the personality. So I'm going to be giving just six picks. I'm going to be explaining my analysis. You want to tell them, go for it. If you tell them and they lose, just know that I'm losing as well. So I don't need you coming into the comment section going, how dare you? This is your decision to place the bets but if you want some entertainment and if you want a couple of spots to maybe have some informed bets not just you on Sunday morning going you know what I think I like this quarterback that means I'm gonna like the team that could be part of your analysis of course right but can't be the whole thing unless again you just wanted to be entertained and you don't actually care about trying to win the money but I know you watching this right there right now are only watching this because you want to win the dollar ruski so we're going to get into this. I'm not going to be going game by game. I'm basically just going to point out the exact games that I want to start with. The first one is going to be the Cleveland Browns versus the Baltimore Ravens. But before we get into all that, welcome, 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 everybody. Like button. If you could take two seconds, we just crossed through 26,000 subscribers. Been doing this for about two years now for a bunch of different sports. So I appreciate all of you so much. The big season is here. The NFL season, a lot of traction. So if you could hit that subscribe button, that's also a huge one that's going to help me out a ton. On the screen behind me, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, behind me right now is my target offense sheet. It's going to look at pace metrics, how quick these teams played over the last couple of years, their defense versus position for certain positions, the Vegas lines, all that type of stuff. It's a big dashboard. It's just qu easy and quick to look at. I also have for each position, the advanced stats and analytics that are going to be very important to predict outcomes of games and predict winnable matchups. You can see quarterback, running back, wide receiver, all this stuff's on my Patreon. You get a bunch of stuff over there. It's very fantasy centric for daily fantasy sports betting, if you're interested in that. But this is just to show you that I'm not just pulling this stuff out of my, you know what, I'm actually putting in the work. I do every single week with this analysis and research. But if you hit the subscribe button, you pass go by doing that and the notification bell, I'll be doing some live shows tomorrow as well for Thursday Night Football and a Stardom Sit'em show. A lot of people ask me those questions every week. I don't want to answer them all over YouTube and Twitter and everything. We're going to answer them all live tomorrow at noon Eastern time on Thursday, depending on when you are watching this. Let's take a look at the Cleveland Browns versus the Baltimore Ravens. A plus eight and a half Cleveland Browns team is what it opened at. You'll probably still find plus eights out there. You'll probably still find plus seven and a halfs out there. Look, I'm going with the Cleveland Browns here. I think this is way too big of a spread, especially look, you, you can say what you want about home field advantage or not. Home field advantage does not exist like people think it does. Three point spreads, especially with no fans. I think that you're probably going to more so see home field advantage coming through from just refs and referee data and things like that. People say that it's about a two point advantage around a one to a two point advantage at this point, no longer the three to four to five points like it was over the past couple of decades. That goes for all the games. I'm not really going to be waiting home field advantage too much. It's just a referee thing. And then some of these games and most of them really aren't going to have anywhere near uh, the same fans they normally do. Nowhere's coming even close to 50% capacity, all that type of stuff. So I like the Cleveland Browns here, probably the flop lag team of the year, right? The team got all hyped up last year. And then they just came in with one of the worst head coaches we've seen in a while. Uh, probably the worst offensive line up there with the Los Angeles Rams last year. So what you're getting now is a Cleveland Browns team that revamped the offensive line. Jedrick Willis, they ended up adding, right? So they had Jedrick Willis from Alabama in the first 
Gershon. They get Jack Conklin, who's from Tennessee. That's a big add to that offensive line. And the big one, they get Kevin Skafanski, the former offensive coordinator from a Minnesota Vikings offense that was highly efficient for the past couple of years under Kirk Cousins. And in the running game in multiple assets, right? Playing play action passing, feeding off of the running game, two tight end sets, creating efficiency for Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook. And also using Dalvin Cook and the passing game, which he never had done before, becoming a game flow independent back last year. We could add up all these things and it starts to look very appealing in my opinion. And now we're getting no Marshall Yanda for the offensive line of the Baltimore Ravens, who they try to replace him in the draft with a couple of picks in the third and fourth round, which might end up working down the road, but I don't think it's going to work right off the bat. You have a Cleveland Browns team that last year did play this Baltimore Ravens team pretty good. They actually beat them for one of the two losses of the Ravens last year. I'm going to be taking the Cleveland Browns with a plus eight and a half. I like the hook on that too. I think you still have the plus eights and plus seven and a halfs out there. It was my first bet that I made on the week. I do enjoy it. And there's a whole other side of what this Browns offense is going to be. I think we're really underselling the Browns in this situation. I think the spread should probably be somewhere around a plus six spread, a touchdown or so favorite for the Baltimore Ravens. Don't get me wrong. I think the Ravens win this game. I don't think it's going to be that extreme. You have an offense where Baker Mayfield's only best part, not his only part, but his best part of his game last year and a struggling season with a bad offensive coordinator, a wide receiver one and Odell Beckham, who last year ended up playing all season long with a sports hernia. You can tell me Landry was the wide receiver one stats wise. I'm just talking about at the beginning of the season last year, it was definitely Odell profiling out, but he dealt with a sports hernia all year long. They had a terrible offensive line, but the one thing that he was fantastic at, or at least elevated the most was his play action passing. Kevin Scafancy is coming over with maybe one of the best play action passing schemes in the entire NFL up there with the San Francisco 49ers up there with the Tennessee Titans last year. And if that's going to bring out the upside of Baker Mayfield's game, giving him more time behind a nice offensive line. I think that they can keep this within eight and a half points. Even if it's a backdoor cover, we'll take it. We'll take the money there. So I'm going to take Cleveland here plus eight and a half. You can see the next game that I'm about to be going to pretty much right above my head right now, Philadelphia and Washington. Look, I'm on the Washington side of this bad boy, a plus six and a half, and it's moving in the right direction, which makes me feel good. Anytime that you get a line early in the week, you always want to be getting these lines as early as you can on Monday and beating the closing line. I got it at plus six and a half for Washington. If I wanted to make that bet right now, it'd be plus five and a half, meaning I got a worse number for the side that I wanted. It means that people are betting that side of it, which makes me feel pretty good. And if you want to look right above my head right now, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll kind of vocalize it if you're not for the podcast version. The percentage of spread bets right now, 81% of it is on Philadelphia. 69% of the money is there. That's a lot of the money, right? But of course, 81% of the spread bets are over there. But if you look at the Washington sign of it, only 19% of the spread overall number of bets are here, not the money, but 31% of the money. So there's more overall money compared to the actual spread bets being placed, meaning that there's bigger wagers being placed on Washington here, which normally means that it's sharp money. The more money that's being put on something, the more confidence these people usually have. And that's why the number is moving towards Washington. So I got it at plus six and a half. Hopefully you can find that out there. I'm pretty sure that you probably can at some points just be checking sites like Odds Checker. You can shop some tools with Odds Shopper on Awesome on these all different types of stuff. There's tools where you can just look at a dashboard of all the different books where you can get your number at. But it's going to be Washington here for me. And there's a couple of reasons why. Look, first of all, Dwayne Haskins had a good preseason. He had a good camp, we can say. There was no preseason games. And if you're not hearing anything negative about Dwayne Haskins, which you were pretty much hearing all of last year, then it's a positive thing in my opinion. What you heard in camp was the good things about some of their players. Obviously not good about Darius guys, he gets cut, right? But Adrian Peterson getting cut. That's a good thing for Antonio Gibson. That's a good thing for their confidence in Bryce Love and some of these guys behind him. Peyton Barber had a good camp. Terry McLaurin apparently was having a fantastic camp. Same with Logan Thomas. Now they're starting tight end. Steve Sims. Their offense looks to be doing pretty well. Their offensive line seems to be decent. But the big thing that I'm picturing in on for this game right now against the Philadelphia Eagles and another divisional game to start the year where you're getting oh, more than a touchdown favorite here, more than six points in some spots. Yeah, the plus six and a half is what I like because this defensive line for Washington is absolutely terrifying. Their secondary might not be great, although Landon Collins is back there. But again, the cornerback play is pretty, pretty bad. And it's going to be fantastic against Fabru Mareu for guys like Deshaun Jackson this week. In the middle of the field for guys like Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, they should really eat against a weak linebacking core and really just secondary core outside of Landon Collins. But it's the front seven, right? They had arguably a top five, probably already a top five, pretty established defensive line before they took Chase Young in the draft, right? Before they went out there with a top overall pick and take Chase Young. Now they add Chase Young to this defensive line and 
going to get a lot of pressure against the Philadelphia Eagles team that, yeah, there's concerns there. They obviously had a couple of injuries to Brooks and some other players in their offensive line. They just moved Jason Peters to left tackle like a week or two before the season, and now he's asking for more money, as he probably should, because that position gets paid more. So their offensive line is all in shambles and is all over the place right now. So if you're going to be getting pressure at least most of the game against Carson Wentz, who is mobile, who can avoid and move the pocket a decent amount, but creating pressure leads to turnovers. It leads to not opening up those deeper plays against the weaker secondary for guys like Deshaun Jackson. And oh yeah, the other part of this, the Eagles, just like all of last year, are already banged up at the wide receiver core. They're already down Alshon Jeffrey, who's on the pup list. They're hoping to get him back by like week six or week seven. Their rookie wide receiver, Jalen Rieger, is actually on a quicker road to recovery. They were saying maybe come back by week three or four. It seems like he might return for week two, but he's not going to be out there this week. And then they don't have Marquise Goodwin who opted out. So what you're getting right now is J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Greg Ward, who was fine last year for them, kind of being the wide receiver twos and threes behind the tight ends, behind Deshaun Jackson. So I don't think the Redskins win this game, although I don't think it's that far-fetched, but give me plus six and a half. Be sure to check the odds in different places in the lines. Don't just bet the minus five and a half or the plus five and a half if you want to tail this for the Washington side. Be sure to try and find something else out there. Next up is going to be Miami and New England. I got Miami at plus seven. I think you can find a plus six and a half. I would rather have that plus seven to try and get a push if your book does the push at that point. Also, I want to call out the Monkey Knife Fight. The logo up above, if you're watching on YouTube, is sponsoring this video. If you're not familiar with Monkey Knife Fight, you should familiarize yourself. It's pretty much a prop betting site, but they have fantasy allocations as well over there. So you can bet over on their fantasy points. You can bet over on their receptions. Like, you know, more or less that type of stuff. It's just a prop betting site. If you sign up with the promo code SALNFL, all one word, S-A-L-N-F-L. They'll give you a nice deposit bonus. You get like five bucks. You get another free entry into a contest. And I'll send you my NFL Daily Fantasy Sports course. It's about 10 hours long of stuff. You can learn how to play NFL Daily Fantasy Sports. If you already play DFS on DraftKings or FanDuel or even SportsBet, it's going to help you a lot in understanding just on an analytical standpoint and just being less emotional when you bet on how to win bets on over-unders, on how to win on DraftKings, FanDuel, all this type of stuff. All that stuff's included. It's like 10 hours. It's like a $90 course normally, but Monkey Knife Fight is partnered up to sponsor it. Promo code SALNFL. It's linked down below or you can just go over to Monkey Knife Fight and type that in upon your first deposit and they'll give you some dollar skis and I'll also give you the guide. So we're two picks through. The next one's going to be Miami. I got them at plus seven. You can get them at plus six and a half. They're down in a lot of spots to plus six right now because man, oh man, it seems like the sharp money is coming in on Miami and I feel good about getting them there because the line again is moving in our favor. Look, I think Miami's live to win this game. I don't necessarily think they do. I haven't placed a money right bet or anything like that, but you can see the spread right now. 24% of the overall bets are on the spread, but 53% of the money. So more than double the percentage of the money is actually coming in even even though it's only 24% of the actual number. Want to know what that means? Huge money is coming in. Huge wager sizes are coming in from sharp people who do this professionally on Miami right now. And that's why the line has moved two points from open, at least on the Vegas insider dashboard right here. So just a couple of reasons outside of like the data, right? Like I have projections that tell me the lines that I want to be playing. And I just kind of go off of those, but I have a bunch of stuff fueling into those projections. A lot of the data that you saw early on for the different positions and a bunch of other stuff that I have historical data wise that I try to make my own lines and my own totals. And I go off of those pretty much. And that's why I kind of come with these picks. So again, I'm not really pulling anything out of my ass and just saying, this guy's what I want to be doing here. I had context to it. I kind of researched stuff from a watching the game standpoint, but a lot of this is data driven because the more you can take emotions out of betting, the better you're going to have a chance of profiting. Of course, I like to bet. Of course, emotions are going to be in there because I enjoy betting, but I don't try and make that influence my next pick. I don't say, oh, I lost this bet. Now I got to go tail it and do this, right? Again, it's fun if you want to be doing that and you want to lose and dispose your income. That's fine, but I really don't want to be losing my income all that much, right? Or at least my my bankroll for this. And, and again, tracking your bankroll, that stuff is going to help. But Miami at plus seven, Miami at plus six and a half the plus five and a half I don't really want if you can't find it anywhere else now it's just a new team in New England I have all the faith in the world in Cam Newton but it's still a new team second year player Nikhil Harry is gonna have to take a huge step forward they have a bunch of rookie tight ends a second year tight end in Ryan Izzo and then Debbie Aziazi and Dalton Keene the rookie tight ends that they drafted this year a 34 year old slot receiver in Julian Edelman who's coming off of an all-season surgery who was injured last year it's a lot of question marks on offense and we haven't even gotten into the defense all the players that have opted out on defense they've had about five or six stud defenders luckily for them not in their secondary all that 
much. They still have their stud cornerbacks, but pretty much front seven guys that are just opting out or have been released or have been traded or yada, 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 right? So it's not the same elite defense as it was last year. Secondary should still be strong, right? You still have guys like Stefan Gilmore, McCourty's out there. You still have guys like JC Jackson, who was a very under the radar player who was one of the best in the league last year, according to Pro Football Focus. But it's not the greatest offensive weapons. And you're coming in with a touchdown favorite in some spots right now as New England. I'll take the Miami side of that, where they're getting back a healthy Preston Williams, who was their number one receiver halfway through the season last year before getting hurt. And then Devontae Parker finally breaks out in the final months of the season. Mike Gusecki, a third year tight end out of Penn State last year, is breaking out. Things are starting to look good. They add in some veteran presences in the backfield now in Matt Breida, who can catch passes, and Jordan Howard, who's going to be more so your downhill grinder. I like the offense, but the big thing is the defense. I'm not yet sold on this defense being elite or anywhere near loaded. It was terrible last year, both in stopping the run and their secondary, all around an awful defense. But you have to at least give credit where credit is due for Miami. They went out and they got Byron Jones. They used some of their offensive picks, obviously on Tua, who's not going to be playing this week with Ryan Fitzpatrick starting. And I'm fine with that for this spread. I actually like the gunslinger and Ryan Fitzpatrick. He could actually have some wheels as well. They add to their offensive line and then they add players in their secondary. So they have players in the secondary from the draft. They have Nick Neiman, who was a slot cornerback last year for them, who had a really good, nice end of the season. They still have a Xavier Howard, who in my opinion is overrated. He was outside the top 140 graded cornerbacks last year in coverage. Xavier Howard was not that good last year. They obviously shut him down because they're pretty much tanking. Then they have a very good player in Byron Jones. So this secondary is going to improve. We just saw it improve. They did some stuff to the defensive line that they are really selling out to stop the run this year, but they also have a nice secondary and a stronger secondary. So what a whole new offense put in place around Cam Newton. I'm not shocked that the Patriots come out here with Bill Belichick and have a well-run machine as they always have and win by 14. I'm not shocked. But I'm going to be taking it right now week one and leaning on the side that they don't have that set up and Miami team is actually much improved from last year. The opening number for this at plus seven and plus seven and a half in some spots is not picturing that. If Tom Brady was still on this team, the Patriots would probably be like 10 point favorites in this game. I don't think it should be as far as it is right now with a new quarterback and a whole different defense with this New England Patriots team. People think it's the same defense. It is not. I'm just sliding by right now. I haven't made a bet on this game, but if I had to make a bet on the Jets and Buffalo, I would lean the side of the Jets. It depends where you can get it. It's at plus six in a lot of spots. It opened right now at plus five and a half. It's up to plus six and a half in some spots as well. So just be sure to shop your odds. Just go into Google and type in Vegas NFL odds shopper or Vegas NFL odds checker and just go in there and you can see a whole board of which casinos and which places that you can bet are going to give you the best odds so you can get the best number because long term and honestly not even long term if you make like five bets this week there's a decent chance that it's going to impact one of those just a half a point difference so I have no money on that but I'll just give you my lean there is the Jets side of it I'm just scrolling to the next game that I'm actually going to have a wager on and it's this one right here it's going to be Chicago versus Detroit I got Detroit at minus two I think they opened at minus 1.5 I wasn't quick enough I got them at minus two the numbers now to the magical number of minus three right the field goal spot so I'd be really trying to find Detroit if you want that side of it at the very worst minus three if your books have pushes on them don't, don't count the pushes as losses but if anything I'd go to minus two minus 2.5 if you can just get that secured field goal victory or a push I'd go to Detroit in this side of it look Chicago's defense two years ago number one on average defenses dropped from number one to number seven so that's exactly what happened to them last year they dropped I don't really see a major reason to think that they're going to completely drop again or completely move up so if they finish somewhere around number five to number 10 overall that's going to be fine but the big thing for me is just the Detroit side of the ball and I'll give Mitch Trubisky credit Mitch Trubisky is starting this game he has been fantastic if you want to talk from a fantasy standpoint in his three starts in his career against the Chicago Bears he's ended up finishing as a top five quarterback on average eighth fourth and second on average is what Mitch Trubisky has finished against the Detroit Lions and obviously it's a different Detroit Lions team now but the defense if anything probably got a little bit worse they oversigned a bunch of guys old aging veterans who maybe give them a year of production they lost Darius Slay who similar to Xavier Howard I think is just not that good sorry Eagles fans I know that you guys can get very emotional about that I think Nikel Robbie Coleman your slot cornerback you signed million dollars from the Rams is very good I think that's a very good deal but Darius Slay on the downturn of his career in my opinion outside the top 100 cornerbacks last year very similar trajectory to Xavier Rhodes who we all know everybody wants 
want to say, oh, he's so good. And I was like, you know what? He kind of sucked last year. I think he's going to suck again. And that's exactly what happened last year. He was absolutely abysmal to the point where they just said, get off our team, please, and go somewhere else. But yeah, I'm going to lead in Detroit here. You can look at the spread money right now. A lot of the spread money overall is coming in on Chicago. You can see the spread and the money's coming in on Chicago. But I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that it went to plus three. The second it went to plus three, I think everybody starts hammering the other side of it that they were on. So again, I, I don't think I'm on the side where all the money is, which is not always a good thing. We're on that on a lot of our bets. But I think if this line was still at minus 1.5 or minus two, you'd see that money start to even out a little bit. It seems like the sharp money is coming in on Chicago. It being about a 50-50 actual number of amount of bets placed on each side, but the money is coming in 80% on Chicago right now. So it does seem like the betting trend is a lot of people, including sharps, are on the Chicago side of this plus three. The fact that it's at plus three now, it is literally just a toss-up. I probably would keep stay away from it. I still lean Detroit. I like the offensive side of Detroit. Yes, I don't think their defense is that good, but I also don't think the offense for the Chicago Bears is that good. Allen Robinson, one of the most underrated wide receivers and underappreciated in the league. Anthony Miller is a wide receiver too. Very good. After that, where are you looking? Andrew David Montgomery, Tariq Cohn, who was very inefficient in the passing game last year to start the season off. Unless Mitch Trubisky is going to start running and using deception like he did two years back, I'm not really too concerned about their offense. And I think that the offensive matchup for the Detroit Lions against the Chicago Bears defense is enough to get them the win here and get them the win by two or three points. Matthew Stafford comes back healthy. TJ Hawkinson appears to be healthy. Second year tight end out of Iowa, the former first round pick and top 10 pick who has all the upside in the world. Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones on the outside. And they just have an array of running backs now. I love the upside for DeAndre Swift, their second round pick. Kerryon Johnson, who's not that great. Back-to-back season-ending surgeries based on his knee and injuries. And then they just added Adrian Peterson, who I wish they didn't because I want to see DeAndre Swift go off, but it's fine. They have an assortment of weapons. I'm really banking on this one, the home team and the home quarterback that I think is better. That's what it comes down to. I mentioned earlier, you can't just make your analysis Sunday morning on that. I didn't. I just gave you a bunch of other reasons, including data that goes into my projections and models. And when this thing opened up, I like Detroit at minus two. At minus three, I can kind of lean away from it, but I still would lean at least to Detroit if you're still wagering or thinking on making that bet. This one I'll call out as well. I don't really have a lean in the Green Bay Minnesota game. I will say that I am a Packers fan and that my biases have really, really come down from probably five years ago since this is now my full-time job betting and and sports betting and and fantasy and all that. I would probably lean to the Packers here if you can find the plus three on them. I don't really want the plus two and a half. Uh, There's a plus three and a half out there on the Packers in some spots that I'm looking at on my other screen right now. I would lean there if you find the plus three and a half. If you can find like a minus two or a minus two and a half on Minnesota, I would then lean there. It's all about the number, right? At the end of the day, it's all about the number for these teams that look very similar in my opinion. You're getting a lot, a lot of the money coming in on Minnesota. The Sharps love Minnesota. 16% of the overall picks are on Minnesota. The public loves betting Green Bay. 69% of the money, three to four times the money right now is coming in on Minnesota just tells you that the Sharps are right now on Minnesota. I like Minnesota if you can find them at minus two, minus two and a half. And if you have to bet this game at minus three or plus three, I take Minnesota at minus three. Again, this is coming from a Packers fan, so I'm as unbiased as it gets. But if it moves to plus three and a half, I'd probably avoid the game, but I would lean to the side of Green Bay if you really wanted to bet all these games at plus three and a half. If you can't find Minnesota minus three, minus 2.5 or minus two, but I think you'll be able to find that. That's the side that I'd lean on if I had to pick one side in this game. Let me give you my final bet overall. So we've covered Washington at plus six or plus six and a half, whatever you can get it at in that range against the Eagles. Cleveland Browns plus eight and a half. By the way, if you're still listening, we're about 20 minutes in. Please do. Second year time. This is my first of the season betting and lines pick. Hit that like button for me real quickly. Big ol' subscribe button pops up on the screen. I really appreciate it. These videos are helping this channel grow and continues to allow me as an independent content creator all here by myself doing every part wearing a bunch of different hats to do this. It allows me to get sponsors. It allows me to have my Patreon where if you want to sign up over there, I don't give out betting picks or anything like that. That's what this video is for. But I have a lot of daily fantasy help over there. Projections, tools, uh, game by game notes will actually help you with your, your sports betting prospects, a bunch of different stuff, projections for players and overall team sheets and things like that. 
that. And then if you want to support the sponsor of the show, Monkey Knife Fight, like I said, Sal NFL, you can do that link down below. You'll get a deposit bonus. You'll get a free game entry and you'll get my daily fantasy course, which is over 10 hours long. It'll help you become a better daily fantasy sports player, which is wagering, betting, learn, emotional betting, learning bankroll and stuff in there as well to help you with sports betting. Uh, just from a general standpoint on just checking your emotions, understanding just what these wagers mean and things like that. And the biggest one is understanding how to track your bankroll, game selection, all that type of stuff, as well as the, the specifics of daily fantasy sports, DraftKings, FanDuel, and how to win over there and at least become more profitable over a long term. So that's all down below. Sal NFL, you'll get it all. Uh, my next game that I'm going to be covering, or at least finishing up the ones that we are on. So you have Washington plus six, Cleveland plus eight and a half, Miami plus seven. Then you get Detroit minus one and a half. I would take them and lean at minus three, but I would probably just not bet it. Uh, I would lean right now, Minnesota, unless there's no numbers that you can find that are good out there. If you find a plus three and a half on the Packers and there's nothing better for Minnesota at minus three or better, then sure, take the Packers. But I'm pretty sure you can find a minus three or minus two or something on Minnesota. And then we talked about my Jets lean of like plus six, plus six and a half. The next game that I want to be betting is going to be an afternoon game and maybe the game of the week right now. You get two 40 year old quarterbacks, Tampa Bay and New Orleans. I'm going to be on the New Orleans side of this one by far. I got New Orleans, I think right now at minus three and a half. The spread has moved to now minus four and a half, meaning at the better side of it. I wish I could have found a minus three. I'm still searching. I think they were well past that time. If you found a minus three out there, props to you. You get the push as long as your book counts that as a push and not a loss. The spread right now is pretty even. You got 56% of the overall bets and 63% of the money on Tampa. And you got 37% of the money, although just 44% of the bets right now on New Orleans. So it seems like the money is pretty split on this one. I really don't know where the sharp money is actually coming in. The fact that the line opened at four and a half and has now moved to about three or three and a half. And I should correct myself. I do think there's minus threes out there. The line just currently moved to minus three. So I might have to go back in and get that. I guess I should have waited a lot of teams, the public. This was a mistake on my part. So open and honest, I bet the three and a half when I saw it, I didn't really think that the line would move more than that. It already moved a point from opening at four and a half to three and a half, but it did. It moved to the three. So I'm probably going to go snag that one as well because Tampa Bay is just a public team right now. Tom Brady, right? Gronk comes out of retirement. They just signed Leonard Fournette. Everybody's talking about Tampa Bay at this point, right? Their run defense is fantastic. Secondary is still the weakest part of their game right now. Backfield, the improvements we heard all offseason long in Ronald Jones, adding in LaShawn McCoy in that backfield as well. Like this is the super team. It reminds me of the Eagles like a decade ago who were supposed to have the dream team and then they fell flat on their face with all the guys that they ended up signing and it didn't work out. This is Vegas's public team. But the team that's still projected to win this division and still projected to win more games is New Orleans Saints. You have New Orleans right now at home in this one with the line moving against them. I get it. Right now, the public, everybody wants to be on Tampa and terrific Tom and Tom Brady. I get all that. But when it comes down to the numbers, there's no way that Tampa Bay should be just three point underdogs in this game. I think that New Orleans is currently right now in my model, five point favorites. They opened that four and a half. So I think that's pretty good. It's now down to three. So it's looking even better if you want to take that side of it. We can go through the actual analysis of like why I think that is. It's just the fact that I think that this is a little bit of an inflated line for Tampa Bay because of everything they did in the offseason. People are up and down about Gronk, but there's a real chance he only plays in the red zone. So I don't know what that's contributing too much. Yes, Mike Evans is fantastic, but Marshawn Lattimore has shut down Mike. Evans and he shut him down for no receptions last year at all in one of the games every single time that they have played. I do think that Chris Goblin, if you have him in fantasy or want to do player props on Chris Goblin, is the best piece of that individual game because he's going up against PJ Williams, who has just been tortured left and right for two years now. Sometimes PJ Williams moves to the outside. I think they'll use more two tight end sets this this season and put Chris Goblin on the outside, but that's fine. He's a plus size receiver. That's why he's a slot plus, they call him. Goblin's gonna have a fantastic matchup. Go hammer all of his player props if you really want to. I like the overs on most of them. But you still have a good Saints defense, a very good Saints run stop which I think is going to be fine stopping Leonard Fournette who only has like a week and a half to two weeks to learn the actual playbook. I think their secondary is strong enough to get past the Chris Godwin eruption type of a game. And after that, Tampa Bay's weapons are pretty thin. Yes, OJ Howard can break and the tight ends are deep with Rob Gronkowski, but then it's unproven guys, second year guys who are unproven and Scotty Miller, a speedster and Justin Watson, who both look good in camp. Seems like Justin Watson might be the wide receiver three now on this team. But 
if you want to get down to it, I'll take the one and a half or two point home field advantage in the Superdome this week. And the fact that the public is just well, well, well overhyping Tampa Bay. At the end of the year, Tampa Bay might move on in the playoffs. I think New Orleans Saints are just a better team. The line is indicating that. And it's moving the opposite direction, which in my opinion just says this team is just being well, well, well overhyped in Tampa Bay. And it's moving the public lines right now. So I'll take New Orleans right now. I guess at minus three, you can find them in some spots. If you can get them at minus two and a half, even better. They open at minus four. The money's moving pretty much neutral right now. Although it seems to be moving more so to Tampa Bay. The percentage of bets is moving towards Tampa Bay, 56%. The money's 63% on Tampa Bay. Relative to the percentage amounts based and money amounts are similar, but the actual overall quantity of bets is on Tampa Bay. That's why the line has moved about a point and a half so far. You might be able to wait. This is a game where I normally don't say wait later in the week and get the best lines at the beginning of the week. But when a team is so overhyped like this one, you might actually get the best line just continuing to wait on Tampa Bay since people just keep wanting to bet on this quote unquote super team that is overhyped on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere that you're looking because Tom Brady is there now. But that's where I'm at right now. Those are my bets. You can see another game on the screen, Dallas and the Rams. I don't really have a side here. I would lean to side to Dallas if you could find like the minus twos and minus two and a half. Otherwise, the Rams, if it gets to plus three, if you really want to bet it, but I'm just not going to be betting that night game. I know a lot of people will want to be on it. If anything, I would lean Dallas if you can get anything below the minus three number, which it seems like right now you probably can. Maybe not though. It moved from minus two and a half to the magic number of minus three pretty quickly. If you can find any minus twos or minus two and a halves out there, that's where I would lean. But again, I'm not really on that game. I don't have anything at stake in that game or wagered. But that's it. I'm just using a Vegas Insider as a dashboard behind me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Please do before you go hit the like and subscribe button and let me know if you watched the whole video in the comments what do you think about these videos was it your first time finding me let me know if you have any feedback there so subscribe and like and you could also check out monkey knife fight promo code sal nfl to get yourself a deposit bonus a free entry into a contest and my daily fantasy course to learn how to play just better it also help you with sports betting in terms of how to allocate a bankroll and stop using your emotions fully but it's going to help you a lot with daily fantasy sports and teach you how to play if you don't know much about it at all and teach you how to become a better player if you do so you all rock i appreciate you i'll see you in the week two show i have a lot more content coming out this week two live streams tomorrow a final thoughts DraftKings and DFS show on Friday, a live stream on Sunday. So if you want to be sure to come to that live stream on Sunday and Thursday night to ask me betting questions as well, you can just hit the notification bell on this video and I'll say, Hey, Sal's going live right now. Come in, ask a question. You can stay for a couple of minutes if you want, listen to what I have to say, or you could ask your question, get the answer and bounce on down there. I don't really mind. It's up to you. Live your life. The weekend's here. Sunday's here. Big energy is here. I appreciate it all. Thank you so much. And I'll see you in the next one.